Hello, and welcome to another episode of No Plans to Merge. I'm your host, Caleb Porzio. I'm your host, Daniel Colburn. Uh, and today's episode is brought to you by our two sponsors. Our first sponsor is the great, the wonderful Honey Badger. Thank you, Honey Badger, for sponsoring the show and being great. Our second sponsor is Caleb Porzio um, on GitHub Sponsors. He brings Livewire and other open source projects to your doorstep like a dog with a mouse or a cat. And when this... When that sponsor reached out to us, we really weren't expecting it, and uh, you know we're honored and we're really grateful to Caleb Porzio for sponsoring this this podcast. We are um, helps us keep the lights on. Yeah, and he's kind of underwater, so this sponsorship is costing him more than he's actually making on GitHub sponsors right now. Um, mm. So I'm not trying to guilt anybody, but, but let's uh, let's turn that frown upside down for Mr. Porzio. Exactly. Let's get this thing in the green, in the black. Uh-huh. In the black. Black Friday. You have to go way through the black to get to the green. Yeah, green's not even in sight. Mm. Yep. So green me up, baby. Thanks for your support and contributions, fellow listeners of of uh, NPR and PTM. We share two letters with NPR. Welcome to NPR. <laughs> I'm your host, Ira Glass, and today... Uh, what's uh, Mr. Tori Malatia? I like when he says that. Our producer is Mr. Tori Malatia. <laughs> yeah. such a such a good... Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of nice syllables in that name. I'm your host, David Kestenbaum. And Ooh, I'm that's, a good, that's another good one. You think, you think they make up those silly names? I think they do. I think their names are just like, you know jeff smith and then they get into those npr studios and they're like all right go ahead and uh, pick a normal first name followed by a four syllable last name whenever (laughs) you're ready yeah it's true um i just found out at disney they we apparently we know someone well we know someone who works at disney and does like event planning or something but his husband works in the call center and his husband's name is, oh, I can't say, I probably shouldn't say his name, <laughs> but anyway, um, he is, I don't, I don't know if he's an immigrant or foreign or whatever, but he's definitely not American. And, uh, his name is funny and they assign everybody new names. You don't use a real name on the call center and you get to choose from this list of names. Um, everyone yeah. at Comcast is named Maria. <laughs> is that right? Mm-hmm nice it's all italian names over at Con- comcast money yeah. <laughs> maria <laughs> it's Mar- is it all maria and mario <laughs> hello it's me mario <laughs> oh no it sounds like you got something stuck in your pipes <laughs> uh, do you know that oh. i come from a long line of anthony's anthony's little anthony you would guess that right yeah sure like I'm Italian, you I look uh-huh. pretty Italian and uh-huh. I come You're from swarthy. a lo- my grandpa's Anthony, Uncle Anthony, uh-huh. great grandpa Anthony, great great grandpa Anthony, and it just goes up pretty much forever. Yep. But there's mm-hmm. mixture of Anthony's and Antonio's along uh-huh. the way. Um here's the kicker. I also come along come from a long line of Antonia's. Um Ooh. so it's like Antonio married Antonia. Those are my mm. great great or great. Well that's great, how great, they great. used to do things. 
That, yeah. That's how marriages used to work in Italy. Is you just find someone with the same name you just as match you it and up. marry them. Mario, meet Maria. Dominic, how meet Dominica. Like My that? grandma's name's Dominica. It's funny. They nice. just have girl version. They just add a uh, to guy names. Yeah. Well, that's the same thing here. Caleb and Calebba. Right. Hannah, Hannah. Well, <laughs> okay those particular names not so much but yeah like most names danielle. like a male and f- danielle that's the name <laughs> danielle. i didn't think of danielle <laughs> yeah no there's there's lady names that are True. man names danielle. and man names that are lady names michelle and michael oh uh-huh. man sam and sam mantha samantha yeah, yeah. samuel samantha samuel samuela samuela <laughs> Oh, oh, what else you got? Donna, Samuela. <laughs> Jim um, and Jemima. Uh-huh. Or, Jim and Jill. Well, Jim, Jim is James, right? James. I don't think James has a a counterpart. Right. John E. But then there's like all the like Alexander, Alexandra. All of those ones where you can just like swap the Yeah, those the are easy. Ending. Too easy. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. It's a whole thing out there, man. Names, they really be popping off recently. I don't know if anyone lets you know. Names are big now. Names are big. Yeah. They were declining for a while. What do you Names. mean? People weren't as into them. Yeah. Recently, people are pretty into them. I can't tell if you're joking. Yeah, I'm joking. Okay, because I could see you actually... I could see someone saying that names... Like before, it's like, oh, give them... Pull out the Bible, flip to a random page. Here's your here's your name, uh, John uh-huh. or Mark or Matthew or Luke. Um, and now it seems to me or Ezekiel the people in my circles having children just go for a little bit funkier names like Lucy, like older classy names or mm-hmm. wacko names like I don't know Donovan. Like, Do- Do- sure, <laughs> I don't know Mika or like Maya, Wes. Um, you know what I was thinking Harper, would be kind of cool name like that, for a you kid. Know? I was thinking Opus would be a sick name for a kid. Opus, would yeah, you call him Opus? Opie? Yeah, but like, what is Opie? Just name? like Opus, Opie, like from the Andy Griffith show. Like, what what is an Opie? What is the full name for Opie? Oppenheimer. <laughs> It's got to be Opus. He, Opie, Opie from Opie and Andy has become Death, the Destroyer of Worlds. Um, yeah, Opus. It must be Opus, right? Opal. Opium. Op- Ooh, Opium. Opium. Not enough kids named Opium, opium. these days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 uh. So yeah, names they're they're big these days. Yeah, Get they're into getting it. bigger. Check it out. There's more of them. I'm saying bye 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 on names. Bye 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 bye. Bye bye bye. Um, you know what? What grinds my gears? No, 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 no. In that era of like the boy bands, it was also like the kind of like Puffy and Missy Elliott. I guess mm-hmm. it was a little bit before all of that. The like sort of big uh stomp the yard style hip hop videos that were mm-hmm. big in like the early 2000s. 
But um, there was that sound that's in all of those boy band productions and that's also in all of those like stomp hip hop productions. That's just like this big kind of explosion that kind of just sounds like you hit a big piece mm. of metal. Like the thing um, that I just did at the end of Bye Bye Bye. Bye Bye like, Bye Bye. Yeah, exactly. That sound, I don't know what it was, but it was everywhere and like puffy used it a lot um but yeah i don't know there's a whole there's a whole lot of that hmm. it's a weird sound and it kind of just faded out of existence and was replaced by other sounds interesting how sounds work sounds sounds and names are big these days i don't know if anyone's let you know they're getting bigger getting bigger every you know, day speakers well, names, are getting bigger some people are saying, and you know, I don't know if you agree with this, but a lot of people are saying that names are sounds. Yeah, I don't know. I whatever. Anyway. If you can write it on a sheet of paper, it's not a sound. That's mm. what I say. Fair enough. And I'm not going to take any fans or butts or boops or bops. Oh, all right, Nicole. Well, that, this has been an interesting introductory segment to the show. I hope you've all enjoyed it. Yeah. Now back to the show. Bow, bow, bow. Um, Deco, tell me about date pickers. All right, so listen, here's the deal. So the last couple days, I have been toiling to get a date picker replaced with a date time picker. And it shouldn't have been difficult, and yet it was. Is uh, Are we working in a framework here? Vue.js. I'm familiar. Um, I don't know if you've, yeah. Um, I've heard of it, yeah. I don't know if you've had a chance to take a look at it yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I haven't used it in production or anything, but <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty popular these days. Sort of like names, um, and uh, it, yeah. So there is a date picker. Basically, this is in Sauce, which is like an internal Titan product that uh, exists for like managing projects and clients and stuff like that. Um, so I. Sauce. Sauce is a internal Titan product that exists for managing like our client relationships and engagements and SOWs and who's working on what projects and all this other stuff. Um, and one of the things that you can do in Sauce is you can pick a date. Uh, you can pick a date. So say like the kickoff call, right? The kickoff call is going to be on Thursday at 4 p.m., right? Yeah. Um, well, for some reason, this date picker just didn't have times, and so it was useless, because you can't just have a kickoff call be all day on Thursday. Um, and yeah, you can mark it, you can use it for like, this is the end of the engagement or whatever. But, um, so my feature request was add times to this so that we can use it as times. I learned... A few things that I should have already known, like, did you know that there is a difference between a date column and a date time column? Yes, sir. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, and I spent quite a while debugging, why are these date times getting, lose, reset, getting reset to midnight? Yeah. Why is everything getting reset to midnight? Something somewhere must be saying start of day or end of day. So I'm like searching everywhere, trying to figure this out. Hmm. And I was like, it's a column thing. Um, but yeah, so I was it was using Vue.js Date Picker before, the the infamous Vue.js Date Picker. Yeah. Um, which, if you go look at the issues of it, it's just people trying to get him to close pull requests that are a year and a half old. <laughs> um, 
Oh, and offering to take over maintenance of the project and him saying, I'm not quite ready for that yet. Ugh. Um, it's, it's a rough. So anyway, but that doesn't support times. So I was like, okay, well, what sports times? I looked around. There's something called View Date Time Picker, uh, which has basically the same API as Vue.js Date Picker. Um, many of the same prop names and stuff, and it, it basically functions in the same way. You pass in an input class. You pass in all this stuff. So I opted to use that, and along the way... Um, what, so there's like a wrapper component, there's like a date picker component that is our component that wraps their the library's date picker component. Um, yep. And it was one of those like custom input things where like there's a V model on our component, right. which contains Forward another thing with a V events. model. So it's like a V model inside of a V model. Yep. That is buck wild it's nonsense and it's so fragile and so breakable and if you try and do anything with it like i just think i don't know i ended up just breaking v model apart to even reason about what was going on Mm -hmm. and just like implementing v model myself first just so that i could control both the up and the down yeah um because i don't know v model is it's hard to reason about yeah, it's it's easy for simple stuff, but right, whenever you have to basically V model forwarding is what you're talking about, and that's that Yeah. That you you, you just have to understand I think the core concepts to understand are well like it's, values it's an down input, inputs up. But yeah. a V model on a native input element gets a event a native event. So it's event.target.value that you have to forward mm-hmm. up. Um mm-hmm. but if it's a V model on a component it's just event. The value is just the money sign event. Yeah. Um, so I don't um, know. But yeah, there's those weird things to... to it, Yeah. There's also um, weird things around... Uh, I just forgot what I was going to say. Um, but yeah, the, um, the whole thing was very strange. Like there was some stuff where... Like clearing... Okay, this is a great example. So say I have a component that contains a date picker, and then outside of that component, I have a button which is like, save that date. Yeah. Right? And then I need to clear that date picker. Yeah. And the way that I need to clear that date picker is by nulling out some piece of data that's in the child component. Yep. It's just, it was weird. It was awkward. Um, so I ended up having to like unbind the V model. And instead, just have that thing only accept a prop, and then go into the whole like prop drilling mm-hmm. cycle of events up, props down, mm-hmm. um, to make that happen. But I'm not exactly sure why I had to do that for this thing, and the other one just seemed to work. And I've looked at it a little bit, and I think what it is, I think there's two things. This one, and I don't know if this is normal. Do do inputs normally fire an input event on render? Do inputs normally fire an input event on render? What do you mean? Like on a this, page load, does an input event Yeah, this fired? library, yeah, when no. you load it, when you load it, this date time picker fires an input event, which ruins everything. If you're trying to, because huh. I was trying to, I was like, oh, maybe I'll use a computed property. Yeah, that's weird. Um. So yeah, so it was like overwriting everything. So my, my whole 
like setting state from because I was using like a a state or like a data object called data or called date, mm -hmm. um, and I was setting that from this value, mm -hmm. which was from the V model, um, and then it kept getting nulled. But I didn't realize that it wasn't just null from the beginning. I eventually figured out that an input was, was just getting fired yeah. and getting overwritten with null every time. Hmm. Um, Could it? But yeah, it was such a bad experience to develop. Like, just to try and change out one library for another library, I just ran into problem after problem after problem. There is wackadoody-do stuff with that. I'm, I'm like, just from what you said right now, I'm thinking there could be a bunch of potential problems that I've run into some, each of them I've run into at some point. Like if you set watchers on data to manually fire the input, but like you can get caught in the watcher loop where you uh -huh. fire input, the data gets changed, I, I went down, values down and then you get this loop, you know, I went down that road for a little bit. Yeah. There's like, that. Oh, maybe there's, I can fix this with watchers. Like I said, the firing the event dot target dot value, but not knowing that and just firing event or the opposite. And then that would overwrite your value to null, you know, Oh yeah, yeah. It's definitely that's one of those wackadoodle do things. But but using you, you, it's it always feels nice when it works. Like to just be able to v model your own custom input component. It's yeah, like a nice no, it's idea, hot. and it feels good. It's hot, but yeah, yeah. That's a certain kind of hell. So date pickers, um, date pickers. Oh, the the one interesting thing about them is uh, time zones, obviously. Oh. Date time pickers. Uh, I ended up doing just the, like, oh, yeah, this is a whole thing. So, like, you, whatever, what's the date string format that Laravel uses by default? Like, you want me to speak out the... No, 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 but do you, is, does it have a name? It's not ISO, right? But it's oh, similar. I don't know. I'm I'm date time dumb whatever it whatever it is it doesn't include a time zone string okay um so you basically you in your head just have to know all the dates on the server are utc hmm. right yeah and you you have to do the front end work to make sure that whatever date you're passing up to the server is a utc date oh, or boy. whatever your whatever your like neutral yeah. time zone is right mm -hmm. um utc is the best one for that okay um so but uh, this particular date picker freaks out if you don't have a time zone string when you pass things into it. So anyway, there was just like a lot of like in between like converting date right. formats and it, yeah. it, it was just a it was it was not a pleasant programming experience. And it was one of those where like you just feel guilt every step of the way because this is taking so long because it's such a simple concept. Like, oh, yeah, it's just a date picker. I'm going to replace it with a date time picker with almost the same API. What could go wrong? And just everything, everything went wrong. Yep. 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 Um, hmm. Date time pickers, date times. JavaScript date object, like new date, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. How come you can't do dot format? Like, how come there's no easy way? Two things that are way easier in VHP than they are in JavaScript. Getting a timestamp. Uh -huh. and formatting dates. Like yeah. It's that's one thing that's that PHP why is just like sensible about. Yeah. Moment is just, that's that's the move. Yeah. Right. Although moment, moment got all wackadoo and split up into multiple things now. Hmm. 
like moment time zones like a separate library for a moment now i'm not exactly probably sure because why. it was such a massive library yeah bundle size i suppose yeah 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 everybody yeah, needs yeah. a date time picker everybody does what do you think about this so somebody submitted an issue to project x today about mm-hmm. building a date time picker with project x and so like we had talked about my sort of vision for project x is that it's the tool for composing behavior in your markup um and not like it i I don't want it to mix too much with like markup itself you know um so i i I don't i don't know but i don't think the vision for project x is that you would download a project x date picker and it would just be like add this class to a div or you know uh something like that It, it would be like here's a bunch of html you can paste in your project with tailwind Sure. And then here are the little data hooks, you know? Yep. And then if you want to mess with the markup, go ahead. And if you think this is gross and too big, pull it into a component, you know, like, like a blade include or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what do you think about that? Like, could, is that, would, how would that be if, if let's say that, like, if you wanted to build a date picker with or download, import a date picker, for project X, but really all you're importing is a function, like a JavaScript function that gives you all the data that the day picker needs, you know, like all the data and behavior. Um, and then you either paste in this giant thing or you kind of like build it out yourself, like a button and absolutely positioned div below it that has, you know, all these, the calendars and the arrows that switch between them. And well, then you need the CSS too. And the hover states and all that. Yeah. It would, it would be a giant tailwind, thing and then if other people wanted they could build like a bootstrap version or whatever yeah so i guess you would well, it totally depends on the architecture of your project what kind of markup you publish too yeah i guess i'm I'm just wondering that i hadn't really considered this but this like this is it pushed to its furthest because the dom for a date picker would be nuts i would right. think right like it would be crazy mm-hmm. so this is it kind of pushed to the limits um i don't know so i think the real interesting question there is like the i think the meta question is like people publishing project x components you know like i think the dom for a date picker yeah it's crazy but it's like that's what you get for trying to build something complicated you know yeah um but the real interesting thing is like if you wanted to make a date picker package using project x yeah what would that look like how do you publish that markup is that possible right i mean you could wrap it in a a web component yeah i thought about that making like web components first class but i don't know i'm trying not to get ahead of myself yeah um question why didn't you use isn't there like a built-in date picker browsers have like date time thing is there yeah isn't there like an input type date and then an input type date time oh no like this is one of those those moments that especially for an internal project i'd be like let's just use this ugly thing that works but takes zero time input i'm on a code pen it's been removed and is no longer supported in browsers really uh and still oh wait no there's a new thing that people are trying input to type use. date okay this works great yeah there's a date time look at that 
and it's got a perfectly good date picker drop down calendar thing and let's see if I just type in date time instead of date see if we also get the time and we don't is it date hyphen time or something it's date time dash local date time dash local that's that's nice all right and there we go we have a date picker and do we have a time picker I guess you have to manually type in the time okay you can scroll though if you click it okay yeah um, yeah I guess it's not horrible but it's not great but it, it works it's not great but it works that's something if I had to like note to self next time I need a day picker input type date call today yeah and I wonder how much uh, HTMLing you can do on this or how much CSSing you can do on this yeah I don't know in my experience CSSing native inputs is like the worst kind of hell especially yeah, because different imagine. browsers handle it differently yeah but yep, Tailwind's definitely. form thing's pretty awesome Tailwind's form plugin that is sort of launched sort of not I haven't looked at it maybe it is Tell launched about it. it's Tell pretty great me about it I mean it's like um it, I don't know if I use Tailwind I, I want to use anytime I use Tailwind I would want to use this form plugin it gives you um, it basically makes all the native input elements look nice without nice. like going crazy without like, um, you know, like the select drop down looks like your input element, you know, which is very hard uh -huh, to accomplish uh -huh. yeah, yeah, without yeah. doing ridiculous things. And it's pretty good and it's sensible. When he was building it, he showed me it's uh, just some sensible defaults. Yeah. He showed me how he did it, and it's pretty wacky. Like, it's not the way that most people do it. It's, like, a better way that Adam found somewhere, somehow. What uh, is it? I don't know. Maybe it was how, how he gets the icon in the select dropdown or how he styles it. I don't even know. But it's pretty great because you get all these, like, checkboxes are nice and styled, and they can you can change the colors and the sizes and radio buttons. It's kind of like the missing form styling library. It's awesome. Yeah dope yeah i uh, oh here's the thing thing me um so has anyone successfully uh so the whole like post css side of tailwind you know like the yeah. not like i'm just pulling it in from a cd and using the default classes yeah tailwind can you do that in code pen no idea i would really like to because I, I basically want to make um classes from tailwind classes yeah, what do they right. call them components i don't know but yeah yeah i really want to do that uh because i wrote i wrote this intro to react uh 2019 edition blog post cool um or the first part of a series um and i used uh code pen for all my examples and stuff Sweet. but like for a blog post having all those tailwind classes in there is just like unnecessary visual noise i think yeah. it makes it kind of hard to parse what's going on um i use bootstrap for demos now <laughs> call me crazy but i do you crazy I just, you crazy i bit Caleb the bullet Pozio. i basically thought what you thought i was like this actually works totally great bit the bootstrap bullet and is really clean like tailwind for demos and live stuff is just makes everything look horrible yeah, it's hard. It's hard to parse. Yeah, so I just decided 
Tailwind, not for everything. Hey, I, I do have an, um, I found myself recommending to a client to not use Tailwind, believe Whoa. it or not. Tell me. So the client, you know, asked, I mean, so Tailwind is the current hotness. Um, and I love oh, you betcha. Tailwind. You betcha. But I've realized that Tailwind is great if you work in an application with bespoke designs. If you work on a project that has a designer, Tailwind is the savior of the world. It's wonderful. Um, if you work on marketing pages and you're building them and designing them in the browser, whatever, Tailwind is awesome. It's Legos for design. But if you're working in an app without a designer and it's ye old, everyday, modern, like data-heavy application, it um, it can bog down the development team. And, I mean, it, it adds a lot of things. It adds an extra extra knowledge overhead. It adds visual uh-huh. noise, of course. Uh-huh. And it... Force and it, like to be to make a really good design and wait. Can consist- we bring back the term visual debt? It's been a while. <laughs> we should title this podcast that visual um, debt. But for real, yeah, I was just sort of like evaluating it, and I was like, you know what? Honestly, you're going to be better off using Bootstrap because everything's going to be clean and consistent. And Tailwind, you know, if you're going to be designing everything by hand, and you're not a designer, and you're a developer trying to crank out code keeping everything consistent and well-designed and accessible is going to be a lot harder than if you just use Bootstrap. Yeah, Tailwind does require a little bit of a trust that developers are going to figure out what the conventions are yep. and use them as yeah. opposed to just like go buck wild in their respective components. They're like, oh yeah, half of this has margin eight, half of it has margin four. That's yeah. just kind of how it is. And Bootstrap 4 has a lot of utility classes like there's plenty you you get plenty mm. of that utility feel margins padding colors stuff like that very um, nice yeah so so i think that's my current stance is like you work on an app with uh if you work on an app with a designer who hands you designs you know tailwind is phenomenal if you work on an app where you're just the guy doing it and it's not like airbnb or something use bootstrap it's to be so much faster and you know any yep. any hooten um you want to talk about uh some some sponsors uh before we talk about sponsors i just want to take a second and thank honey badger for just being great not even you, just for sponsoring the show you goon this one's for free honey badger <laughs> well it's not for free but <laughs> well that part was that part was free now on to the if paid you part. didn't pay us honey badger i would talk about you right now oh <sighs> you're goon. that good to me you tricked me you made I, me think you were going to talk about something besides Honey Badger. I gave you the gotcha. I got your I girdle. Gotcha. Oh, Honey Badger. You are the Honey Badger to all of us. You're a Honey Badger to me. You're a Honey Badger to my mom. And she doesn't even program. But if she did, she would use you. It would be the first thing I would tell her. I would say, Mom, before you learn Laravel, go to honeybadger.io. Mm-hmm. .io. Sign up with the coupon code Caleb is my son, whom I love and whom with I'm well pleased. Get zero dollars off your subscription, but really, Honey Badger is phenomenal. If you have a Laravel app and you have errors in your Laravel app, like any of us mere mortals, you need to have Honey Badger because you need to know about those errors, when they're happening, where they're happening, to who they're happening with or whom. To whom. Or whomst. That they happen to whomst. And Honey Badger just gives you visibility into what the hell is going on with your application because you 
Developer, you're stressed. You are under the gun. There's deadlines. Business is throwing requirements over the wall, and you're bitter about it. There's tension on the team, and it's move faster, move faster, move faster. Do we bring in another developer? Do we need to bring on another developer? No, no, no. I can handle it. I can handle it. Don't. And then at, at and you're never getting to those feature backlogs because you're always dealing with bugs, 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 bugs. All these bugs. Let's it's fix bugs, this bug. Bugs, 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 bugs. As soon as we clean up, clean up this latest release and get it stable and fix all of these gosh darn bugs, then we can get around to building the daytime picker. But never. You never get to the daytime you picker because you're always dealing with bugs. Because you're playing catch up. You're playing get catch up. ahead of the system. Get knowledge. Get transparency. A window into what the hell, the absolute hell, is going on in your application. Honey Badger is great for that. It uh, it does all the things you would want a bug tracker to do. It does some extra cool stuff like make sure your website's up and running so you can sleep soundly at night. It pings your website and makes sure that it exists. And then if it doesn't, it freaks out. It also listens to pings from your cron jobs and says hey your cron's off your cron's not working if it stops working um and alerts you of that so that you know you're not sitting there like a fool with your jobs just queuing up so um so that is it honey badger we love you we thank you for sponsoring the show uh you're definitely our favorite animal and our favorite bug tracking software so thank you and now to our second sponsor i'd like to thank caleb porzio for sponsoring the show um, sign up with the sign up with the coupon code Caleb Porzio is my son with whom I am well pleased. <laughs> exactly at checkout and get zero percent off or twenty percent off, twenty percent marked up price. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you sign up now, you get a free li- uh, LiveWire sticker shipped to your door from yours truly. That's fact, actually. Um, that's for real. And oh, there's so many good prizes in the tiers. Twenty four dollars a month. Let's hang out once a week on a call. I'm going to have the Zoom call once a month, not once a week, once a month, a Zoom call uh, for my $24 a month patrons, and we will hang out, we will chill out, you can call yourself my friend even, Um, you get a little sponsor badge, oh, the tears just go up from there, it's really wonderful. Caleb, I don't know if, I don't know if this is cool or not, but uh, I've been calling you my friend for free, is that, can I keep doing that, or... Do I? <laughs> You're grandfathered in. It's how the tears work, basically. <laughs> All right, cool. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just proper I'm, etiquette when you set up tears. Like you, you honor. Yeah, you got a grandfather in all the old tears. Yep, exactly. And if you change one, you know, you keep it the same for the people who signed up at the time they signed up. So at yeah, the time, understandable. Friendship was free for me and you. Uh-huh. So, now friendship costs. Yeah, but not for me and you. Yeah, not for me and you. We're friends for life. Friends for life for free. Best friends forever. Ring. <laughs> for free. Um, uh, all right. And that is a message from our other sponsor. Thank you, Caleb Horzio. Go give Caleb money. You should just he's, do it. I'm so a poor. great sponsor. Don't say I. Keep it in the third person. He's so poor. He's so poor. <laughs> he's so <laughs> poor such Caleb. a poor guy, that Caleb. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Oh, Caleb. boy. So Caleb, Decole. Caleb, Caleb, Caleb. I have a friend. Yes. With whom his name is Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh is a finance man. Mm-hmm. Fancy school. or otherwise. What's that? Fancy or otherwise. Um, yeah, pretty fancy. He works in finance. Um, okay. He actually went to college and played like, 
I don't know. He played lacrosse. He got a, uh-huh. like a full scholarship and played like he was as like do a all finance men at Albany. Yeah. So he's like this all-star lacrosse player sitting uh-huh. at a desk job with a tie, uh-huh. doing finances. One mm-hmm. day he up and quits and says, "I've had it with you, finance." And uh, partially inspired by me because I up and quit. You know, I flipped mm-hmm. the tables at Titan and said, "Screw all of you," mooned you all on my way out yeah. of the Slack channel. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was inspired by that. So a few months later, he was like, you know what? I'm going to quit too because I'm pretty good with money and I already have money saved up and I just want to like do whatever I want to do. So he did. Yeah. He's a fellow early retiree. Mm-hmm. And he tried to get some whatever lacrosse set up. Now he wants to go back to work. And he's like, so, but I don't want to go back into finances. He took some exam and failed. And he's like, that was my chance. Like, I'm, I want to switch careers. What about this programming thing? And he's like, I'm thinking maybe like data stuff, like Python and R and stuff. And yep. and I'm like, yeah, that's that's a great path. You should do that. Here's a couple of resources you could use to learn that. Um, but before you know it, like anyone, the web is like a vortex. Like it draws you in, you know, like. Sure. So somehow he ended up intrigued by the web. And I was like, well, you should learn HTML, CSS and JavaScript. If that's if that's where you're headed, like start here you know this is so interesting yeah um so i met with him a couple times and try to walk him through like the basics and but mostly like my advice for people or people in my life that want to switch careers which the number is growing um oh yeah of converts obviously and at first like a few people i i'd like like this one guy um my brother-in-law i sat with him once a week on thursdays and basically like taught him for hours every thursday for a year and he got a job and he did work on his own for sure. But now my thing is like, you got to do it like on your own and yep. you come to me with questions and I will help you. Like, I will tell you everything you need to know. Um, but you have to ask the questions yep. because it's not like a normal education thing. Um, so anyway, so I'm taking a different approach with Josh. Long story short, Mitch tells Josh, Hey Josh, there's a company hiring it. He works at the incubator space in Buffalo, Mitch. And he, um, or Max or whatever we call him, um, he said, he said, they're hiring, um, web developers. I know, you know, absolutely nothing, but Hey, it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> so, so Josh, who's two weeks into learning HTML mm-hmm. applies just for fun. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to apply just to tell Mitch that I did. Mm-hmm. He does an interview. Then they invite him in. He does an in-person interview. No way. And now he works there every day for free. No, way. um, and eventually they might hire him. <laughs> I told That's him. buck wild. Yeah. I'm like, don't leave. The, oh, so he wants to meet with me before this in-person interview. Uh-huh. He meets with me. He's like, so they use React and mm-hmm. I'm going to be using React. So I looked up this React tutorial and he's showing me like this interactive web tutorial of React. He's like, so I got the button to work, but you know how basically he sat down and was like how do i learn react for this interview tomorrow <laughs> and i'm like josh oh josh you sweet summer child you sweet summer child <laughs> oh so they threw him into the wolves he's like basically he's they, they gave him a desk and everything and a computer he sits no there and he works on react components that's awesome but he doesn't know html css or javascript that's amazing they're basically they've like thrown him into the ocean and held his head down until the bubble. If stopped. I had a company, I would do that as often as possible. 
I would find everyone who wanted to switch careers and be like, free boot camp. Come on down. Yeah. Just hang out. I would make a whole bullpen full of people who didn't know HTML. <laughs> That's what it is. But he's That's a super likable guy and ambitious and everything. So I'm sure they're just like loving he'll, him. He'll be great. He'll be around. so good in six months. I know. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. I told him. Dude, I'm like, dude, if they don't pay you, stay. If they try to kick you out, like grab the door and make yeah. them drag you out. Like, no no like free school basically yeah the best Dude, kind of school it's amazing building stuff yeah real world applications working for a company yeah yeah that has to make money oh it's just it's crazy amazing. like it's random amazing. bloke off the street who knows absolutely nothing it's like hey I'll, it's, yeah. i'd like to be a web developer in hello the come on in the water's <laughs> fine have a, have, a, have a desk yeah have a desk here they invite him to the Christmas party. It's like a suit and tie affair at like Buffalo's finest, like uh, wine and dine. It's crazy. Um, that's great. So I sat down with him yesterday, and I was like, "All right, so what, what what are you working on? How can I, you know, help you get past some of these things? Like, do you have any questions?" And I don't know. There's just so much. I don't really have anything to say. There's just like I'm like, well, that's the thing. I try to. It's like you don't realize how much baseline knowledge you have right. until someone doesn't have it. Yeah, command line. I mean, HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. There's that. Programming mm-hmm. variables, loops, functions, everything. Mm-hmm. Add on ES six six syntax. That's what he's dealing with. Is all he sees is ES six, and he's like, "I don't understand any of this. Like, how come this isn't like the tutorials I was doing?" I'm like, "Yeah, you know, they use like in the React ecosystem, it's all ES sixed out. You know, mm-hmm. everything's destructured and restructured yep. and pre-structured. Yep." And it's just crazy. Arrowed functions that just, you know, return like JSX thing. I'm like, how do I explain to you what you're seeing? It's Yeah, it's beautiful though. Once you love it, it's it's the truth. Oh yeah, I love it. I do. I think I've I'm actually a little bit like a React React boy um lately. But uh yeah, it's That's very cool. cool. You should you should read my uh, blog post. It's like very early, like no one has edited it yet, mm-hmm. um, but it is a blog post. Oh, cool. Uh, but uh, my approach was like, there's a lot of blog posts teaching you like the new React stuff. Yeah. If you have, if you already know React. Right. Um, so it's like, hey, guy who learned the old way, here's what the new way is going right. to be. Right. But there's no like you don't know React. Here's what React is, and it just skips the whole mess where like you do like you know class date picker extends React dot component. Do you not do classes at all in this tutorial? No, no classes. Great. Only functional components. Only hooks. So I was reading through the React docs today, uh-huh. and I went to the hook section or the function. I don't know something, and they're very adamant that like classes are that they're not meant to be going out of style they'll not be removed they'll always be that's correct Facebook and that was a political move okay that was just so because that people didn't they weren't going to go on stage at react conf and be like we've removed classes from react right okay. there would have been a popular uprising there someone would have forked it you know it would have been a whole thing i tried to make a little functional component yesterday like a button that just toggled uh-huh. something else and i I was like, all right, well, I pro- I need a hook. You set state, right? Like use mm-hmm. state or whatever. Use state. Use state and a piece of data and the callback to change that piece of data. 
and then I put it in my onclick handler returning the JSX from the return uh-huh. statement and it gave me some error and I like wrestled with it for a minute. I, I added a callback wrapper around the onclick handler thing uh-huh. and it still didn't work. Am I just dumb? Um, it should work, right? Like a functional, a function that has... Yeah, I'm sure it's a very minor problem that okay. you have. Yeah, that's what my... So my first post is... Here's what a React component. Here's some markup. Let's turn it into a React component. Mm-hmm. Okay, now it's in a functional component. Now let's add some state. All right, here's some state. Now let's add a couple of little computed property type DLEOs. Mm-hmm. All right, there we go. That was how you use the use state hook. And cool. then my next one is going to be the use effect hook and props. Cool. Um, so I'm basically just like slowly working you through like the very very basics of React, but like in this world where like anyone looking from the outside who like knows old react is like wow you don't know how much stuff you're not having to learn right now that's amazing <laughs> you know yeah um because you just get to skip so much now with the new so what, what would you be skipping before i mean as i see it like so if you're much. just dealing with state with a react class component you have like set state and then lifecycle hooks and a render yeah, function well, that I mean, returns JSX. but there was like there was a lot of stuff that was just javascript that uh needed to happen so there was like a lot of like you had to if you wanted to have state you had to have a constructor super in the constructor and for your like class that. you had to super in the constructor yeah, you had right. to do this state equals and then pass an object yeah and then everywhere in your component you had to use this dot set state mm-hmm. um to set the state and to, if you wanted reactivity you know yeah yeah and then for the lifecycle stuff there was like a component will update component should update uh component will receive props right um all of these all of these like life cycle methods which existed on the uh on the react component yep. are no longer necessary right so you can just use the use effect hook instead but it's sort of the same thing right like yeah it it is except that like you don't need the uh like just the structure of the thing is so much cleaner. Like you only use like you you needed to know which of those events got fired when before. Yeah. Right? Now you don't really need to know all of that. Why not? Wouldn't you have to if you wanted to use like a component did mount or whatever, like you would still have to know what effect presumably, right, to like use when? Yeah, but use effect you don't always need to hook to a specific event. Like, sometimes you can just say, like, if this is different than this. Okay. Your own, you know like, custom saying? effects. Uh, I guess you could call it that. Yeah. I don't know effects. I'm effects dumb. Yeah. It's it's more of, like, a, it's more of, like, imagine a situation where rather than having to know all of those different hooks, mm-hmm. there was just one, but, like, you could sort of customize what was in it. Okay. Or customize when it got called. Based on conditions in the yeah. component itself, yeah, yeah, like if something's available or not, you could have like yeah, a and statement. like what's getting and what's getting passed in and what's already there. Okay, hmm. blah, blah blah. I don't know. Yeah, the um, functional component thing is great. Like, I a lot of the React docs are still classes. Like, it's not. Yeah, well, and that's that's what I'm saying. You know, like you don't need to know react classes is my official position yeah and it's funny because that like i mean in the if wild, you're going to if you're going to write a new react app from scratch you right. don't need to know react classes and in the wild um, functions are what's up like that's what everybody's using 
as yeah as often as possible and facebook but, like that in that that post at the end they're like facebook all our new components are going to be using functions but we don't plan on rewriting any class components right exactly um so that's interesting because it's not easy to find documentation on functional components in react docs right and that's that's kind of what i'm saying is like i wish someone would make a tutorial where it was like just because i think everyone feels like they they're doing due diligence by explaining how things used to be so that you're not confused when you see the old way i'm writing the like listen there is an old way samantha geitz wrote that post you can go read it you know here's here's the here's the like i don't know like just brave new world cutting edge disconnected from the past like you could write a really cool app this way. There is a, a, something to be said for like that. This that's sort of um, a good point for this this experience with Josh and learning things. I I was at a meetup, um, Full Stack Buffalo meetup, a while ago, and I did a talk on writing less JS. And you know I'm like running my mouth about how complex everything is these days. And this guy is sitting there, and he's he is the um, he's a newer developer. And so yeah. what he knows is JavaScript and React. And yeah. he's like, I don't see why it's so complicated. And I'm like, and I, you know, I stopped and I, I didn't fight him. I was just like, okay, interesting. Tell me why. And he's like, well, create React app makes it really easy. And I don't know, you just, everything just kind of works. Like I don't really deal with Webpack or building or anything like that. It just works. Yeah. And it was a moment for me where I was like, okay. So maybe I'm carrying around some baggage. The baggage is my knowledge of where things came from and how things work under the hood and how I've had to wrestle with those things. But to a newcomer like Josh, I have to resist the temptation to encourage him to learn things from the ground up. You know, like I have to encourage him that you're coming in hot at this future point in time and you just have to start by, like you might have to start by being proficient in react and learning it and then backfilling knowledge and eventually making those connections and going, Oh, JSX isn't actually HTML, but it compiles to sort of HTML sort of. Um, yeah. Like, and then maybe he'll learn native JavaScript stuff or something, but, um, but yeah, there's a point to be made there that like, uh, write a tutorial that, that puts people right into functions, doesn't bog them down with what used to be or how everything works under the hood and just shows them how to use the things as they are now yeah i think i think that's like a cool i i wonder like i think it'd be kind of cool if someone just went out and like did a video course or something on like web development that was like totally opinionated totally uh no background research like the only goal is like in as few lessons as possible get you to the place where you could be a working developer yeah right yeah and it's like we're not going to teach you CSS. We're going to teach you Tailwind. We're yeah, not going right. to teach you JavaScript. We're going to teach you React. Although you have, you know, React is just JavaScript. So whatever. Um, but we're not going to like, teach you, like, you don't need to know how to write a function. Teach you, Webpack. you just need to know an arrow function. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and literally just, like, give them, give them, like, the basics that you need every day. Like, teach them array maps, you know. Right. He's, he's like, teach- yeah, I got to learn array maps tomorrow. I'm like, dude, yeah, I didn't learn array maps till like four years into programming. <laughs> like literally, I would say 90% of the JavaScript I write is array maps. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like that's all you do in JavaScript now is manipulate strings and map arrays. Like what else do you do? Um, 
You filter arrays, you map arrays. I don't know. That's it. That's all I'm doing. Not a good example. But in JavaScript. Yeah, yeah, well, you live a weird life. Um, you do things with, with the very bad DOM. The DOM. No but uh, the DOM, which <laughs> I is I do a lot of array mapping, no though, and filtering. and So much array mapping. And I do a lot so of string regexing. But yeah. I think that's more because of where I'm at. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, dude, if you, I feel like if you learned the basics of React, you learned array map and filter and some basic string methods, you could actually make a lot of things just piecing those couple of pieces <laughs> yeah. together. Yeah, it's true. He's going to be a test of that, which is so cool because he has to. He's thrown into this situation. It's not like he's asking me, how should I learn web development? And I'd be like, all right, well, first learn HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. You know, make your own mm-hmm. little blog and then, you know, learn layouts and keep, you know, it's like they're throwing him in and they're like, all right, well, here's what we do. Make a, turn this design mock into a React component, please. Yeah. You know, and then he's going to have amazing. to do it. Um, and he'll learn from that that uh, point of view, which I think is great. I'm coming around to it. I like it. I am just always drawn to the... Just throw him in the deep end, dude. Well, the, mo- the most beautiful things to me are, are knowledge when you need it and diving deep on something and exposing the innards in like a useful, brief way, you know? Yeah. Like uh, instead of taking the whole course on like database indexes and stuff, just like show me how they interact with my Laravel workflow and then do like yeah. a 30 second dive where you like crack something open in a deep level and show me how it works. And then I go, oh, aha. Uh-huh. I don't know like that. Like I've, I've wanted to do a conference talk or something where I build Vue.js from like the ground up from vanilla JS so that like a really basic version of Vue, like build a virtual DOM from scratch on stage and then build, you know, observers and, and then a templating syntax and basically make Vue. Um, and you could have something that I could call basically Vue the way it works under the hood. Yeah. And I don't know. And I could do that with React or something. And, and I think I love that kind of thing, but it's definitely for the next level of learner, I guess. Dude, well, there's something too, and this is with my buddy Ian, who's the, my friend who's learning programming right now. Um, one thing I've noticed is like people are never sure when they're done learning something and are ready to move on to learning the next thing. Yeah. Right? So like he made a website with HTML and CSS but he still thinks he's got a lot more HTML and CSS to learn, you know? And I'm like, well, you do, right? But also, who cares? You'll learn it when you need it. Yeah. Like, move on to something more fun. Um, And I think, so he's moved on to React. He's in React now. Um, But he's, I think it's, uh, scaring him off a little bit because this is the first time he's experienced like error messages. Because mm. in HTML and CSS, there's no error, yeah, there's messages, no error just, messages. Just things still render; they just render weird. Yeah. And so you're just there figuring out why is this rendering weird? Yeah. You know. But in React, it's like if something's off, just nothing renders. <laughs> you know, and you just get this obscure error message like property map of undefined is not a function and you're like what does that mean and so he sends me a screenshot of it and i'm like oh that means that this array isn't set you know yeah but he doesn't know that like there's so much stuff where it's like 
parsing error messages even like i know that something of undefined is not a function means that the thing that i expected to be right. set is actually undefined that's actually he does, that's a really key point yeah like that's a big one that's one yeah. that, that that was a big turning point for me like when you start to take error messages seriously it's a lot of just self-confidence but yeah. when you go wait a minute instead of pasting this into google if i really take this seriously and look at this and understand what it says it says trying to call map on undefined so if it shows you know my variable dot map it logically follows that my variable is undefined and i can assert that as a truth and then look at the code and pretend it's undefined and figure out where it becomes undefined or why it's undefined that right there is one of the biggest javascript and php debugging skills right there yeah just programming well, like look, looking at an error message and saying this error message means what it says. Right, what but does specifically it say? the calling blank on undefined. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Like that is yeah. the error message to rule all error mess- messages of a dynamic language. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah. And that's huge. And that's something that, but I, I guess what I'm saying is like there's programmers three, you know, I, I was a lot farther down the road before I really took that message seriously. I yeah. felt like I could basically solve it every time. Well, you know, most of the time. It's crazy, man. It's crazy how much stuff you didn't used to know and now you know. Ridiculous. So much like built up knowledge over time. It's... And so much of it's useless now, dude. You know, do you ever do padding bottom 56.25%? <laughs> yeah, is that the... um? What's the... Uh, I don't know, but yeah, it's some some it like was, CSS hack to center something, or no, it was CSS hack to make something a sixteen by nine aspect ratio. Oh yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, definitely. So if you wanted to 100%. do a YouTube embed that was responsive, you would do a full screen YouTube embed inside of a div that had height zero, padding bottom fifty six point two five percent, and that thing because padding top and bottom is calculated based on width not based on height if it's a percentage and so basically you would use the padding to make the size the height of the box based on the width of the box so that you could constrain a youtube video to this thing and always keep it 16 by 9 aspect ratio it was the craziest dude yeah i've definitely run across that a bunch of times and you end up on stack overflow and there's like five different ways to do it People mm-hmm. are like, oh, just hard code in the dimensions, you know, and you're like, you don't mm-hmm. understand. This is the internet. I need responsivity. Adding bottom, 56.25%. Um, but with problems it's, like these still, if you Google them, you find these relic answers because they mm-hmm. were so popular. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's hard to find the best answer because it's new. Oh, yeah, dude. It's crazy. Yeah. I, Same thing with the React stuff. Like no matter how far down the road into functional components we go, there will be an infinite amount of React component class answers on Stack Overflow about component will mount and all this other stuff. That's what he, uh, Josh, is running into big time. Yesterday he was just telling me that he's like, it's super hard because everything I look at looks different Mm -hmm. than what I'm doing. Mm Mm-hmm. And he didn't understand that that's, that is the difference, you know, Mm -hmm. but that is the big difference 
Mm-hmm. So all the things he's Googling don't apply. He's trying to get a, like you click a button and toggle something. That's what he's trying to do. And it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't do it. I was like, I did it with, um, send me a fiddle. I did it with something or a code pen. Maybe I did it with uh, set state or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I did it. And then we circled back and I was like, all right, and I will do this button thing and I'll use this hook thing. And I'm like, how do you use hooks? And I, and I just tried to use it and it didn't work, but Ugh. he's using, um, storybook familiar. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. The component library. Yeah. Yeah. Real cool. Baller. Real cool. Baller. Baller. I kind of love it. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, uh, cause he was telling me, he's like, I'm using storybook and I thought it was just a component library, like a UI library of like whatever, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's a tool and for your own, you know, UI library. Um, and yeah, he, yeah. It's like a keep your, this is where you put your UI library. Yes. And it's pretty awesome. He's like, oh, and I'm trying to add these knobs. And I keep thinking, I'm picturing, oh, there's they called some UI component knobs. Like maybe it's a radio mm-hmm. button or something. Mitch thought the same thing. Mitch was over yesterday. We had a little programming powwow. And he, he's like, oh, like radio buttons? And Josh is like, yeah, I think so. Um, but not at all. Knobs are decorators for a component. So if you have a React component for, let's say, a day picker or something, yeah. you can... In, this, in your storybook code, you can wrap it in a decorator that a prop would be like a storybook hook called a knob. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. And basically, you create your own little um, panel in storybook that can control data of the component. Mm-hmm. So it's a good way to like, you know, if you create this day picker component, it presumably can accept a date it to set a default some date. Props, yeah. And cha- yeah, so you can interact with it via these knobs. Um so you can make demos for people and compose components and whatnot and be like, here's our component library. Here's, you know, all the data. You, there's documentation add-ons. There's response, responsivity, responsivity, respons- responsivity, um, all sorts of good stuff. Reactivity? Re- well, I was thinking like viewport responsiveness. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, there's so much stuff. I was like, wow. If I was doing an app and getting serious about design, I would use this, I think. It's pretty Which nuts. Which means you would write React. I know. That's the thing. It's like, oh, but the buy-in. I know you're clapping. I, w- I was definitely kind of tantalized and seduced. I'm glad you're tantalized. I think React is very seductive. And I think the point it's at now in its life cycle, uh, once people start demoing it as functional components only. It'll become you less, know? Uh, easier to understand. Yeah. Well, I think like when Wes Boss or someone does the like react in 2020 Mm -hmm. uh intro to react course like it's gonna blow up hard because all of that intro like remember when sam did her like titan talk workshop about react yeah and we had to do it the old way yeah and i could just see on the looks on right it just feels like a more clunky view it just feels like like you're battling uphill to get like some very basic stuff yeah, you know? it feels like verbose and ugly. Yeah, but it's like now at least 60% of that is gone, you know? And it's just like way cleaner. Um, and it still doesn't have a lot of the magic that Vue has. Um, so you still have to write a little bit more JavaScript, but like that's kind of a preference, you know? Yeah, it's funny. I am sort of converted a little bit to the anti-magic 
mm-hmm. um specifically Me with too. the latest live wire update that i made less magical and mm-hmm. it was kind of like a hooks thing where like you kind of have to understand how live wire works to use it now a little bit mm-hmm. and it hurt it in terms of people just using it but it's better because they'll use it better mm-hmm. um and project x like both things like i'm like uh i know the road really of magic yeah. it's it's a it's a tension it's a good thing like magic informs non-magic i think view and react inform each other and they're good it's a good duality you know to yep. sort of go between and oscillate between um yeah but i and i don't know where i live i always land somewhere else but i land somewhere in the middle like some things in laravel i'm really glad of, i love the magic and then other things i'm glad that they don't do it magically you know you know what the best piece of ma- the best like category of magic there is in the entire world of programming tell me it, it is the combined getter setter method <laughs> did you see matt's whole thing no oh okay maybe this is a couple weeks ago matt tweeted something about it and everyone got very mad at him um oh dude but i think it's funny i think the combined getter setter method is just beautiful i have a combined getter setter method for the like the prefix in livewire wire colon click or whatever you can uh-huh. change that to caleb colon. if you just pat if it has like there's one method that you call uh-huh. called what prefix uh-huh. and you can use it to fetch the prefix and it either gives you the prefix or, or to set, set it and i have a comment in the live wire code i wrote this mm-hmm. like week one and it's like i don't know it's something like yeah this is a getter and setter fight me or something yeah. and i forgot about it and people have brought it up like just been like dude i don't know like Screw like them, dude. encouraging they're not mad about it but oh good and i just yeah, ran into it again source diving like, Dude, the combined getter setter is amazing, especially like all the helper methods in Laravel that are combined getter setters. Like, yeah, they some just of give the, me life. I do enjoy and appreciate the dynamic variable or the dynamic parameter nature of like the collections methods and stuff. Like, you know, pretty much everything in Laravel. Yeah, or like the the config method that right. either gives the, the config you a config method or sets example it. Yeah, of that pattern sessions ideal config yeah of like putting something but also getting it and Mm -hmm. setting defaults as as an optional parameter or passing in a string to something that would accept an array and casting it to an array or being able to pass in an array those are all things that um pro con i love them i love to use them but uh i have been getting a little bit comfortable with um intellisense in vs code Mm -hmm. intellifence and I used a collection method yeah. and it said key. Oh, it was contains like collect uh-huh. and then contains. And I just wanted to use it like a dot includes in JavaScript and uh-huh. pass in a value. But it's like showed me what the parameter name is in the code and it's key. I was like, Oh, is this really freaking key. Like I actually opened up tinker and was like, does contains really not work with values. It only works with keys. Oh no. Duh. Of course it works perfectly there's some bit of code that detects if you don't pass an extra parameter and then set that variable to key. So there's a, right, like right, tons right, right, of that code is repeated throughout Laravel in like every yep. method. Yep. Um, and writing Livewire, like I've done a lot of that same syntax. So I've had to write all of that myself, you know, and I don't know, it's just annoying and you miss little things and yep, it's a pro con. The, the parameter signatures are bad for IntelliFence. Well, what would be cool is so in like a functional language, you could oh. 
do something where it's like based on the type that you pass it right you call different other functions right and i think that's pretty common in like in other object-oriented languages right but i think it's pretty it's actually like a pretty common pattern right. in the uh in the whatchamacallit worlds functional like the yeah like the elixir worlds right. or whatever to do um like recursion that ends when the parameter changes yeah, or whatever. Yeah, like all of that type of stuff. Um, yeah, that's where, true. Yeah, so it, I just, I like it a lot. And we might not have like the the back-end tooling to make it like flawless. Oh, you know, man. like it is kind of like a, a, like a slightly unideal implementation because, you know, our Dude. whatever, our IDEs aren't as smart because of the typing this is php you've got an idea reaching for yeah. i mean it's just that thing you know this that we live with yeah that thing that laravel lives with yeah that laravel Which is, is bound to PHP. php yeah and it's like how much is too much so chris mccord he wrote basically wrote something like phoenix live view for ruby and you know it was all right and it was decently popular but then he moved to phoenix for reasons and was like i don't know if he moved because of that or whatever but he just knew that like ruby's holding me back <laughs> yeah elixir gives me what i need and then phoenix live view is like meant for elixir um yeah. where like taylor didn't he's not building laravel and going like yeah i'm held back by php let's build laravel for another language because those things exist and it wouldn't be feasible whatever i don't know right right, right. i'm just saying that Laravel is better than the language it's written in. Yeah. Which I don't think is the case for every tool. And it puts us in an interesting position. Yeah. And things would need to change in the community for that to be different, I think. Like the PHP right? like, community. Yeah. Like big time. Like I don't even have hopes of it. Well, I mean, I think there are hopes of it. But they so? would have to... Yeah, you would have to basically get some of the real heavy hitter Laravel folks who have the type of technical chops to be language people. Yeah. Like, like Joseph Silber and Yeah, exactly. Like the, the dudes uh, the the real like Acramius. freaky the real freaky European guys, you know? Like yep. the ones with that like thousand yard stare of like I know what's happening in the C plus plus. You know? <laughs> like those guys, you gotta just get the the people who love Laravel. You got to just get them into the language, like working yeah. groups and stuff, you know? And there are people in the language working groups who use Laravel, but like realistically, like there's not, you know, there's a, there's a different community. It is, is a the di- dominant it is community dis- in the Laravel community. Yep. It is different for sure. And I don't know how much longer that's going to be viable. I think a lot of those people are going to realize that all of their clients are Laravel apps pretty soon. I don't know. I think like, Symphony is. Um, st- I, I this is a soft metric, but I, yeah. I've heard that Symphony is like way more popular than Laravel in Europe. Hmm. Well, that makes sense. But I think you know. I think over time, a lot of companies are hiring sort of more for sure young, excitable developers and CTOs. And with that comes, all right, well, let's take our old, our old crusty symphony app and turn it into a new Laravel app. Yeah, for sure. You know, 
I think that's happening all over the world. I think old Symphony apps are being refactored to Laravel left and right. You know? Yeah. I have so many thoughts. This is all that, like, understanding the history and, I don't know, like, uh, like, would Laravel be as popular if it was written in another ecosystem? Like, part of the magic is Laravel took people from one way of thinking and environment and gave them a transition plate where like there's beautiful things in other ecosystems but they're kind of meant for like ruby is a beautiful language unto itself like it has its own spirit you know like php is soulless yeah so laravel so the difference between laravel and php is is uh obvious well and it's kind of like driving uh like driving like a Mercedes S class or something versus buying like an old truck and then making it faster than a Mercedes S class, you know, where it's like, I've had this truck in my garage this whole time. I didn't know it could do this. And you've taken this thing that I thought was just kind of like my daily driver. And I had to drive it because it's what I had. And you've made it like this fast, fun car, you know? And now I'm out here just like ripping and running in this fast truck, you know? Whereas like, yeah, like there's those other people who have the privilege of having a Mercedes, you know? Yeah. Um, But I've, I'm just here driving this truck around because that's what I have to do for my job. I have to have a truck, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but it it's like does. Laravel was like for the people who were in the PHP world who considered themselves like, you know, kind of like, I don't know. I think a lot of PHP developers consider themselves like the serious pragmatists of the internet, you know, um, yeah, yeah. where they're like, yeah, definitely like, more well, on the yeah. pragmatic end. Yeah. They're like, well, this is just what the internet is made of and I've got to write it and you know, I love it. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but I don't know. I think Laravel was basically like, dude, you can have all these nice things too. Yeah. You know? Like, you just because you're the serious pragmatic guy doesn't mean you can't have a little fun. Live a little bit, you know? Put a turbocharger on your on your old truck. It'll go fast. It it's uh it definitely there that is the story. The the person the the person who I don't know. It's just in an, in an oppressive environment. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of resigned to. Is resigned, yeah, and then witnesses the beauty that you know, like other people, more discerning people, or people that were exposed to other ecosystems earlier or came up in a different path. Um, you know, they they may just have started on the the beautiful tools. You know. Yeah. But for the rest of the world, who's like the working class, like the Rust Belt, PHP is the Rust Belt. It's yeah, like no, it definitely totally is totally the Rust Belt, yeah. and and we're given this opportunity to experience joy and beauty. Yeah, and and we love it, and we're loyal because of it, and that that's crazy. Yeah, there's never been a more blue collar programmer than a Laravel than a PHP developer. dev than a PHP dev for sure. And the Laravel developer. That's the thing about the Laravel developer is they know both ends. Like they yeah. they have the blue collar in them. It's kind of like an Aaron Draplin type of a character. Yeah, for sure. You know, where it's like it's got strong ties to the working class. Yep. Despite you know, making beautiful, despite things. being like a despite like kind of a artist. Portland hipster guy. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, yep. Oh man, this is fun. This is a fun little trip down. Yeah, trip down whatever lane that was. Programming history, mm-hmm. culture, Laravel culture. Yeah, but but for real, like because Laravelists are so loyal, and because Laravelists. there's such a huge market for improvement in the Rust Belt, um, you know, Taylor is the king, and. It's yeah. a huge, no, really, huge thing. He really cornered something there. Yep. I think Taylor is is brilliant in any environment, but put in specifically the PHP environment, and the brilliance is um, obvious and significant compared to what yeah. we were all doing before. Can I ask you one thing before we, before we cut this? Please. What do you know about Django these days? Nothing. Me neither. I thought Django was dead. No, I didn't. I didn't think that. I still hear. I about thought it. it was. I thought it was like on the decline. Okay. You know, yeah. like Django has been around forever. Yep. Like as longer than anything. You know, as long as I've. Been as long in as I've been programming, space. yeah, Django has been around. It seems like it's going through like a giant resurgence right now. Is that right? Yeah, I can't quite figure it out. Maybe it's because so many people got into Python from data and then yeah. wanted to move to the web and so then they stayed in Python. Yeah. But like I'm looking at like I mean that numbers. seems I don't know anything, but that seems likely. I'm just looking at like numbers on like jobs that are out there cuz I'm like talking to my buddy about like getting into programming and stuff. So I'm just like looking at like job postings mm-hmm. and stuff like that. There are so many job postings for Django developers at like new companies that are like five years old or less that started a company and decided, you know what web tech stack we're going to use? Django. Django. Not Laravel, not Rails, not even one of these crazy node things, mm-hmm. you know? Django. Yeah. And I'm like, is it different now? Is it good now? Like, did they change everything? Like, what's going on at Django HQ? Big so, stuff. listeners, listeners who know about Python, can you like tell me what's happening over in Python world? Because I think something might be happening over there. I think you might be right, D. Cole. Update, update your boy. Oh, D. Cole, good episode. Good meandering. Oh yeah, I love it. Good meandering. The problem with our meandering meander. episodes is I never know what to call them. Like, do you just list the like visual three main debt. topics? No, it's called visual debt. <laughs> it'll it'll get the people going. Maybe I will. I think we had a twenty percent time episode called visual we debt. Did. So th- it's it's like a throwback. That's funny. We should do that. It's just a big trick I, on everybody. Absolutely, we're yeah. gonna do it. We're gonna call it visual debt. And listener, if you made it this far, you won. Proud of you. The prize. You. And the prize is. You get to call yourself a friend of Caleb Porzio for free for one week. It's a one-week free trial of being friends with Caleb Porzio. Okay. Uh, Daniel didn't tell me about this beforehand, so um, I might edit this out because that might put me over, might overextend myself. But um, if I don't edit it out, the free trial exists. Use the coupon code. Uh, Daniel is friends with Caleb this week. Yeah. And uh, it does end in one week, though. It does. So... And you turn to enemy after if you, you don't. And after you've you called yourself a friend, you have to go back to all of the people you said that to in a week and let them know that you're no longer friends. Unless you buy the 
And it's credit card up front. Yeah, CC up front. Yeah, sorry about that. And it's auto renew. So yeah, I'm gonna yeah. real quick do a create a payment intent off of that pretty quick. And it actually charges you right away. And it, if you cancel, it'll retroactively. Well, we put a hold on you. We put a hold on <laughs> no, you. Yeah, we, we don't actually fulfill the. <laughs> yeah, it's really good for retention. <laughs> Prevents churn. Mm-hmm. God, I hate that churn. Oh, churn. Like butter. Love churn. Uh, Good talk, D. Cole. Friend. Colleague. Mm. Fellow. Human on the planet. Who's equally as tall as me. Good episode. Caleb, would you do me one favor? Cue the outro music. Would you cue that motherfucking outro music? Cue the outro music. Now. Was that the explosion from the insect song? Hell yeah. Good podcast. Good podcast.